Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Steel Base Nation podcast. Today's episode is my interview with Chris Leverton, and he's found on Instagram at Just Working Hard. And um, it's 9 a.m. where I am, and it's 9 p.m. where he is, which means he's on the other side of the planet. Or maybe I'm on the other side of the planet. I don't know. But Chris, where are you located? And give us your uh, your story, man. I, I found you up on Instagram, and you train like an animal. You swing mace. You're ripped. You do martial arts. You kick bags. Like, you can, you can feel... You can feel the bag getting kicked through the video. That's how hard you're kicking. What's up, man? Thanks, thanks for coming on. Tell us about yourself. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, so um, my name's Chris. I'm originally from uh, the UK, uh, and I grew up with martial arts and, and competed throughout my teens. Um, I, I ended up competing in kickboxing and then professional MMA for a while um, with uh, – I guess, mixed success, but it kind of through all that kind of fighting and competing and everything, it kind of became, I ended up teaching. So I was uh, coaching from the age of like 16, I was teaching kickboxing. Um, and then that's how I put myself through uni was, um, so uh, when I was at college, I had like a whole bunch of, uh, like a team of MMA fighters. So I was fighting and then I was training other fighters as well. And then I had PT clients as well that were just in it for a bit of fitness and stuff like that. Uh, and so it kind of from all the competing and stuff, I, I sort of actually realized that it's the sharing and kind of the, the educating element that I really enjoy. And that led me to then decide to train as a teacher. So um, as well as kind of teaching martial arts on the side, I also trained as, a, as an elementary school teacher. Um, and I worked in various uh, special needs units in the UK, um, where there was like a lot of physical interaction, intervention and stuff like with, with children children that really struggled and things. Um, so I ended up kind of doing that and then on one sort of uh, wet Wednesday morning while I was literally rolling around in cow shit trying to uh, drag some poor young girl back to back to the school because uh, she was she was out and lost and you know totally disoriented uh, I kind of thought well you know what as it started to rain I was like I, I need warmer climbs are kind of calling me so um, I went back to my girlfriend my now wife and said hey look we're going to move in together soon anyway so one of us is going to have to change jobs why don't we both change jobs and both move to the other side of the world so oh uh and that's so we Sing both you're in singapore now yeah so we we ended up going to singapore and we did four years in singapore okay and then that was, so that was 2010 and then 2010 2014 um we yeah we were in Singapore and then 2014 we moved to Thailand and then so in Thailand we spent four years there and then we're back to Singapore now. Okay, um, but you originally but, moved from Europe. Yeah, from the UK. Okay, all right, got it now. Yeah. All right, interesting. Which explains yeah. your Brooklyn accent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Brooklyn, Oxford. Yeah. So um, yeah. So but throughout the whole thing, the common sort of theme, like no matter what school I went to, no matter what I was doing. Uh, I kind of always trained martial arts heavily and then from that also got into kind of doing PT, uh, both in terms of martial arts, but also in terms of fitness and, and strength and conditioning and stuff like that. Um, so throughout the years, I've uh, done my CrossFit level one, um, MoveNat level one. Uh, I did 200 hour yoga teacher training as well. My wife and I did that. Um, and so currently I'm kind of working with some couple of professional boxers and fighters kind of getting doing their strength and conditioning um and then i'm also at a school now where we have a we have a kickboxing program an after school kickboxing program with 140 kids um so wow. kind of, yeah that's that's where i'm at the minute so i'm i'm coaching people on the side and you do one-on-one -on -one and coaching. also bringing them. i do one-to-one -one -one coaching with people so i i do physical coaching in terms of like you know i'll be alongside the person so i have a, a pro boxer friend of mine who um who I work with where we literally, I just do the workouts with him and we, we design it, we sit down and I coach him through it. Um, and then I'll do some online stuff as well with some individual people. Um, but actually kind of, I guess my passion is thinking about how we bring philosophies of strength and conditioning and physical health and well-being into education and then vice versa as well. So how do we bring principles of learning and uh, instruction into the coaching world? 
so at the minute I'm kind of I guess my uh, my coaching might look different to your average person who would who would say like hey I want you to like write a program for me or something like that kind of try to work more along the, the lines of kind of that self-empowerment and actually arming people with skills and understanding and knowledge and stuff so that they can design and cre begin to create their own principles um, and that's sort of where the just working hard tagline came along as I was working with some people who were kind of asking me like hey I want to do this is it okay will this work and yeah. I found myself always saying look if, you, if you're just working hard it's going to be beneficial <laughs> you know so it's that kind of like yeah. don't overthink it doesn't yeah. need to like eight reps or ten reps well if eight reps work you hard eight reps is great do you know what I mean like it it's totally dependent on you. Yeah, that is. Yeah, and so, you start to empower people. Right? That is so good because the one thing most people don't do is they don't work hard. That's yes. because they get caught up in the munition, the munition, and they they think, well, I need to hit a certain amount of reps, so they might lower the weight because they want to read it, reach a certain amount of reps. When no, you could probably reach those reps if you just work hard, and. Yeah. And, and at the at the end of the day, you're just not putting in 100% effort. It's, and, and it's hard to put in 100% effort all the time. People look for the easy way out. We all do it. That's why it's always good. Even for the greatest athletes in the world, they should have a coach because you're always going to kind of try to sneak through, right? You're always going to try to sneak yeah, your way absolutely. out, avoid certain exercises that you don't like. But your coach is like, oh, well, we're going to do those all the time then, right? Yeah. 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 So, it's like when people say, how, how do you lose weight? Well, you run up hills a lot. Yeah. It's shit, but you just do hill running. It's like, shit. But no one, wants to, no one wants to do it because it's boring and it's shit, right? Yeah. But if you're talking of what is highly effective, that, because it's what works you hardest, fastest. Now, right. there's other elements, right, to longevity of training. And I think that's where that kind of empowering people to take a bit of ownership themselves instead of just saying, here, it's Tuesday, so you're doing this. And kind of saying like, look, like thinking, taking the fundamental principles and the concepts of what we've gone over and what we've modeled together and what your targets are and where your interests are, kind of does it fit within those parameters that you sort of have laid out for yourself and you've begun to understand work, right? So one of those for me is, is basically like simple thing, walk every day. Does it fit yeah. within that? You know, does it fit within that kind of thing? You know, another, Am I another basic simple thing is walk every day and i think right. uh if i could pull up something right here we'll get everybody's eyes on you you see this uh, share screen uh hold on a second i'm screwing it up i'm screwing it up chris hold on a second i'm trying to share the screen <laughs> let's hit share screen and let's do it like this boom here we go all right, so you oh, yeah. have you have it says right here just working hard. These are your your JWH principles. Number one is yeah. walk outdoors often. Number two is don't eat like a child. Number three is do calisthenics daily. Number four, move heavy things, and number five, have a skill practice. Very simple. This is what coaches are good for. They're good for organizing your thoughts, right? And then look at a picture yeah, exactly. of you. If everybody's, uh, if you're listening on audio, you're missing. This dude is ripped. He's holding a big old mace. It's a badass picture. Kudos to the person who took the the photo on that. So, all right, Chris, let's go over your principles here. I like this. This is cool. I'm learning something here. Yeah. So these these are kind of this is a fairly recent thing that I put together, um, and it's totally for me. So the idea here is like share mine and then people can either but I don't kind of don't want people to copy it directly you know I want people to like have their own personality but that idea of having like what are your guiding principles like that's as old as time right man has always kind of looked for writing down kind of 10 commandments of living type principles and I thought well kind of experiment with so many different things and I think that's great like I play around a lot you know I try a bit of this I try a bit of something different but as long as it fits within kind of these guiding parameters so like walking outdoors often but like that's one of those things like that's almost more of a metaphor as well like the walk 
kind of thing doesn't just mean like go for a walk. It's stuff like if there's an elevator or the stairs, the answer is walk up the stairs. Okay, walk. You know, it, it, walk. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah. it's kind of that metaphor for choose the difficult one. Should yeah. I get my food delivered or should I walk three blocks and go and get it? Yeah, for you know, ten like, for ten years now since I moved to where I am, when I go food shopping, I don't care what the weather is, I park all the way on the other end of the parking lot, and I might go to the store t- at least once a week, if not twice, sometimes three. And I was just thinking about the other day. For ten years, I've been doing that. How many extra steps have I taken? Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And do you know what killed me is so I, I um, interviewed a bunch of middle school students as they transitioned from elementary, they moved up into middle school within the same. Uh, campus that we're on but I, I had the, the chance to interview a few of them and I said look hey what's uh what's the best thing about middle school and they, they said you know going to the science labs and all that kind of stuff I said what's the worst thing and they said oh god man walking up and down the stairs between lessons walking between lessons wow and man that bummed me out so yeah. hard I was just like Jesus That's... these kids are like 12 <laughs> yeah they should be you know like friggin' flying up and down those stairs and and it should feel good to them that's it, right? When you get released from one class to walk to the next, it shouldn't yeah. be plodding. It's kind of, you know, so that that's something that I'm like, it just put it in the forefront of my mind. So that kind of metaphor, I guess, of always walk, like always walk. So if it's how, an option and it's realistic, the answer, the answer is walk. And how, and how often would you say as often? Just as really, like, just try to do it as often, every daily. day? Yeah, yeah, daily. Okay. I think daily, I, I think daily like the ten thousand steps thing's fairly arbitrary right but uh, because it's like are those steps on a hill are they where are they like what's the context you know that's right basically if you're working hard so if it pushes you to a point where you're kind of getting a bit of a sweat going and it's easy to get a sweat here it's like 35 degrees all the time sun's blaring down 35 degrees Um, celsius yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so you know so but and, and there's there's benefits that come with that as well you know like I try and walk barefoot as much as I can, just keep my feet strong and everything like that. So it's kind of, it's, it's basically, it's, it's that bigger picture of choosing and choosing the, the hard route. You know, you're in an airport and you've got the travelator. Yeah. Which everyone's queuing to get on. Yeah. Or you can walk. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of that, that sort of like a, a mantra, I guess. Like well, mantra. Chris, if you don't use that, traveling sidewalk in the airport how are you supposed to eat your pizza and your ice cream while you're going to the next thing <laughs> there we go and that co- that brings us to rule number two yes <laughs> just don't eat like a child right you know um yeah no the don't eat like a child thing i think is something that has come about i mean I, i've been into various diets and what have you i say use the term diets loosely but you know eating protocols since i was about 16 um i did the i did intermittent fasting when it was called the warrior diet back when it was ori hofmeckler out of israel writing the warrior diet and selling on dragon store where they were first selling the first kettlebells and there's this idea of the warrior diet and, yeah and it basically was how did our ancient warriors ate well they did shit all day and then they came back and feasted they walked all day and then they came back and feasted you know they fought sometime um and so that's kind of always stuck with me but then it's now it's going into like this ancestral health and, and kind of this big thing about eating carnivore and eating paleo and all that kind of stuff. And I, I totally get it. But I think when we talk about ancestral health, rather than thinking like thousands of years ago, even just like hundred years ago, like our great grandfather, like if they wouldn't recognize the food you're eating now, it's probably not food. <laughs> Right. right. It's got the, the even a protein bar, you know, it's got the texture of Play-Doh. It's probably not. Yeah. They you don't even I mean? they don't even fill you up. They're so fake. I mean, you eat a protein yeah, bar. Exactly. A bar that big should make you feel full. And it makes me want two more bars. So that's I'm like, Yeah, is... exactly. But now I've and seen it's... you what you eat. Uh I love this. And I I'm <laughs> I was just in the store yesterday asking about chicken hearts. And they were like, because I'm getting ready for this podcast. So I'm thinking, hey, maybe I'll eat one chicken heart and then I'll talk to Chris about it. They were like, yeah, we don't have any. I'm like, all right, screw you guys. And I left. But you you were eating chicken hearts and mangoes. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that sounds delicious, man. But I, how, how do you eat that? How do you cook it? Um, and why is that such a healthy way to eat? 
So uh, this is interesting. So I basically kind of got into following kind of a, uh, I guess, intermittent fasting, but then I'd, I'd eat with like uh, meat and fruit. So kind of like that carnival 2.0 type approach, you know, just meat and fruit. I like the simplicity of it. I like the difficulty of it. You know, it's hard. It means it's often you have to turn and walk away. You know, I'm in the canteen at school and if the options aren't there someday, I, that's skip a meal. Let's grab an apple and that's fine. So I kind of like that personal like, uh, challenge element to it. But so I was at the, the, I had surgery recently on a big, horrible staph infection that needed to be basically cut out because it just totally was taking control of my side. And as it's healing, I said to the doctor, I said, hey, look, is there anything I can be doing nutrition wise to recover from, like to encourage the skin growth? And she said, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll prescribe you something. I'll prescribe you some supplements and pills. So I was like, oh, okay, because they're quite hard to get, you know, they're quite hard to get things. So the three things she prescribes me, zinc, which chicken hearts, really high in zinc, vitamin C, mango, and vitamin D, walking outside. So I kind of doubled down on these things yeah. over the last like two, three, well, certainly the last month or so. Um, but the chicken hearts is something that here is readily available in every supermarket. So soon in sort of Chinese cooking and stuff, it's pretty standard. So in Singapore, they've adopted it as a, as a fairly standard practice. Beef is not so easy to get, actually. So beef hearts? Probably contrary. Or no, just beef in general. So beef, uh, like beef liver, I just can't get beef liver, for uh, example, stuff like that. So I think that's probably where we kind of have opposite or not differing supermarket options, probably, right? Yeah, or I think... butcher options. I think I could probably find beef liver uh, where yeah. I'm at. As opposed yeah. to chicken hearts, unless I go to certain uh, neighborhoods, but um, same same concept though, right? Yeah, exa exactly. It's that kind of the organ meat, which is just really high in those like mineral um, that mineral density is really high. So the chicken hearts here is a, is is that that kind of option over maybe beef liver or something like that or uh, kidney. Um, but I can get kidney, but it's pig kidney. But the chicken hearts are actually are really they're really quite tasty. So they you fry them, up, fry them up with some garlic, squeeze some lime in there, fry them up with some garlic and some soy sauce, like stir fry them super quick. And you don't genuinely. Do you have to cut, good. cut them up or you just cook them as a whole heart? Cook them as a whole. They're only like this big, right? And, so and then I'll you just like, pop them. Yeah, I'll have like 30 of them in a bowl. Oh, man. 30 with, of them. With a, yeah, with a mango. So yeah. it's, again, it's that kind of thing. It's like local, like they're local, they're locally raised. I mean, they're like from Malaysia, the chickens and, and so, the mango is up from Malaysia as well. So it's kind of, it's that, it's that local, locally grown nose to tail kind of mentality. So, so if um, you were going to do beef liver, you would, you would cut it up into small pieces and saute it with soy sauce and lime and some salt yeah, and pepper. Yeah, soy sauce, lime and, and garlic. Yeah, and garlic, yeah, garlic yeah. depending. I mean, certain, there's certain things, if you're going to go kind of the strict carnivore element, I guess like garlic, irritates some people's digestion mm -hmm. soy is not always amazing you know so it's kind of like but yeah it's, it's sort of it's fine for me it suits me so that's kind of my yeah my, uh, my yeah, approach no. and, and it's been it's been really good I look, I look forward to it man. I look forward to it. that's my lunch and then you know dinner is like steak tomatoes and pineapple or mango make like a so if you kind of cherry tomatoes cut into quarters with some and then throw in some mango in there and uh, like stir fry that in with the steak. Wow, that sounds good. So good. basically it's, a, it's always a protein and a, and a fruit for you. What about breakfast? No breakfast. Okay, so do you do like black coffee, something like that? Yeah. And yeah, then do like you train? Pot of, pot of black coffee. Yeah, so I'll train fasted if I can. If I can. So currently I can because I'm, I've been on holiday, but um, normally, uh, no, I'll run around like headless chicken at school and kind of up every, the stairs as much as I can, you know, that kind of walking principle again, right. um, as much as I can. And actually part of my job is to work in outdoor ed. So I, I'm an instructional coach, so I go to a lots of different classes, taking them outside, doing stuff with them. So I'm super physically active and that might include some 
uh, PE lessons as well. So I'll be active all day and then I won't eat till like midday. Okay. When it's just like meat and fruit. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, now that's probably the easiest way to kind of go fasted, right? When you wake up and just continue with not eating rather than eat in the morning and in the afternoon and then try to eat, not eat the rest of the day, your body's kind of primed to want to eat more, right? So this is a, a yeah. sort of a hack, if you will, to just wake up and continue fasting. I think it's also, also mental clarity as well. You know, that brain fog, that post-eat brain fog, you get that insulin spike where you kind of just like, especially if you have a carby like breakfast, it just doesn't work for me. I know it works for some people, but for me, it just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, but but it's worthwhile trying, and um, yeah, the, the the combination of a meat and a fruit is awesome because you do have the sugar from the fruit, but the it doesn't spike your um, insulin because you have the meat there with and which contains saturated fat, so you're getting protein, fat, and sugar, which slows down the absorption of the sugar because you're combining those foods. That's why the the glycemic index is. Sometimes people see, oh, a banana is 100 on the glycemic index. Well, yeah, if you eat it by itself, but if you have like even a, yeah. a, a protein shake with it, it drops dramatically. So don't, exactly, yeah. you can't just necessarily go by that. But it, since you- And the micronutrients you get, the micronutrients you get with the fruit as well, is just like- Yeah. Yeah, it's just invaluable. And I've tried just pure meat, you know, I've, I've gone full keto and everything like that. That was okay, but it was- just things like you know that kind of I used to, I get really bad uh, like keto breath uh -huh. like my skin goes bad and stuff like that you know yeah. kind of it's all right it's just a bit antisocial I go through puberty again sometimes <laughs> you know you're greasy and spotty and like bad breath so that kind of I'll do that sometimes if I want to cut down for a particular thing but yeah you know, in, in general with the fruit it's just like leveled out and taken away any negative things of being keto for me and just kept all the positive. Yeah. Including energy when I train, you know. Nature wants you to eat fruit. That's why it's so delicious, right? Right. And yeah. it's, I mean, and you it, know, a banana is just like easy to grab and eat. I mean, as long as it's, you know, as long as you have one. Fruit. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I also just come to think as well, like, uh, so kind of that, that going back to thinking like what my great grandfather would have eaten. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about eating like local fruits as well. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, my grandfather in the UK, Oxford in England, would not have been eating mango for his, right. you know, it would have been like an apple or a pear, something that perhaps wasn't as, as really sweet like it can be because if you're sweating in 35 degrees Celsius heat all the time, you're going to need those, that sweeter fruit, like, and that, I don't know how scientific this is, it's kind of like a theory I've sort of come up with in my own mind, I guess, and and sort of observed is you've got these much, much sweeter fruits. And I think it's necessary. I feel yeah. like I need those sweeter fruits here in the tropics. Whereas when I'm back in the UK, like berries and apples, that, that feels like the right thing as well. Yeah, you know? right. Maybe like you're, you have to replenish certain electrolytes because you're sweating so much. You're not sweating exactly. as, right. Yeah. So, so that's, do you think it's a bad idea though? Like, um, I live in the Northeast. It's kind of like similar to the UK. Do you think it's a bad idea if I eat a mango every day? No, probably, no, probably not. I mean, but I should just be that kind of local fruits and veg. There's also some, there is also some science behind um, local. I don't know how, when you're talking like mass produced fruit and all those chemicals they put on it, but with local fruits and honeys, for example, and um, like, being really good for um, fighting local viruses and airborne problems and stuff like that because it's growing in the same yeah. kind of climes and stuff like that. There is some research behind that. I'm not yeah, that, I, ingested I think it, that's, but there is something to that. Yeah, that's got to be. You've you got to be in tune with your environment. We're, we're just we're animals. We're part of nature. So that's... that's yeah. Exactly. Now you, you mentioned, like, you know, your ancestors being out all day fighting, right? Uh, doing doing stuff all day, walking and then coming back and feasting. So your your next thing on your principles list is is do calisthenics every day. Why calisthenics? So this is um, growing up with martial arts. Like that was just what I have always done, mm -hmm. and it's just always served me. And like every time I haven't done, like when I've gone through phases of you know you, 
younger, you're just trying to get jacked, right? And you get in the gym and you're like, oh, I don't need to do push-ups anymore. I need a bench. I need a bench press, like yeah. three times my own body weight. And, and I actually, like, when I did stuff like that, my joints would start to hurt. I'd lose flexibility. I'd lose just sort of general, um, like, body awareness and body dexterity, you know? So with that kind of calisthenics every day, that also goes for things like sitting in a squat position right. for a while, yeah. you know, sitting on the floor, moving around on the floor, like reading a book on the floor while moving between just doing body, I kind of, I guess mobility you would call it, but it, yeah. I kind of put calisthenics in with that if you're yeah. doing anything other than just like, you know, two, two movements. But I think if you're, if you're your average person, and not average, but average person in particular, just you should be able to do 10 good push-ups, 20 yeah. good push-ups, really. Yeah. You should and, and, be able to do 10, 10 pull-ups, you know, like. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's and – I, and I agree with you because um, I do a little bit of everything. I like using machines. I like using the bench press and stuff like that. But, yeah. like, today I'm going to go to the gym. I have to do my chest. I'm going to start with 100 push-ups bro broken up with um, – you're broken up into 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, and I'm going to swing my steel mace in between, and then I'm going to proceed to go do dumbbells and bench press and stuff like that because okay. I, I agree when you do calisthenics, you're more in tune with your body or whatever. You just feel better in general, and you yeah. do get good results from doing push-ups. Um, look at people in jail. You know, they do push-ups all day long, yeah. and they got – big chests and um, so they're you know and i believe you did have a post uh where you said something about push-ups you know that there's a study that shows push-ups are just as effective yeah. yeah so that's that's definite and then um you you use a steel mace and like i just said my workout's going to start off with mace and push-ups do you view steel mace working out as more like calisthenics or does it fall into a different category because it definitely doesn't fall in the category of, of like traditional weightlifting. We know that. No, exactly. So no, I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't put it. I put it in the next, my next kind of principle, which is to move heavy things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of move heavy things around. And, and I think with the, with the calisthenics, just kind of um, going back to that is that's always served me like some of the fittest athletes I've seen. Like, uh, so when I was 18, I lived for a while in a Muay Thai camp in Thailand sort of I guess my inclination to move back out to Asia early on um and those guys just did reps and reps and reps of sit-ups mm -hmm. and push-ups and I mean fit is not the word you know and strong they just felt strong you know you clinch with those guys they feel strong yeah and they never lifted away it just wasn't a thing at all you know just not not anything they kind of considered so it's that's just always stuck with me so I think when I think calisthenics, I think traditional kind of, uh, I, I guess more like you would in the military. You know, you do your jumping jacks, your burpees, your push-ups, right. your sit-ups. And what I kind of don't mean as well is the hyper-specialized calisthenics that we see now on social media necessarily of these guys doing, you know, one-on handstands on bars and flipping around six times. And I mean, it's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. But that's not what I mean. That's not like a daily practice or a daily principle. That's not your average wellness. person. Your average no. person is not going to be doing one-handed um, handstands. Exactly right. They're not going to be doing handstands. Cool. I'll right? never do a handstand yeah. unless I'm falling. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just exactly. wind up that way. But and So you're talking so about really... basic calisthenics. Yeah. yeah. Old school. Yeah. Old school. And then that, because of that, you can do them daily. So that's kind of why it's there as a thing. Like, I'm also thinking like, so, uh, you know, Pavel Tatsulins? Yeah. Uh, kettlebell stuff. So yeah. he, he yes, I do, Comrade. Greasing the groove, right? Yeah, right. So he talks about greasing the groove. Yeah. And having like, he uses chin-ups as a great example. And I, I read that ages ago and instantly applied it where he just said, have a chin-up bar on your door, on your door. And every time you go through, do three. Yeah. You know, like just daily, all the time. Right. Like just keep it going. Like it doesn't, you don't have to beast yourself. It doesn't have to be a big thing. I, I call it like a little hard work bomb. 
just quickly like boom do 10 while i'm watching a movie like if i haven't been to the gym today life's happening there's kind of no excuse for that yeah like, get down or do do 50 squats while you're brushing your teeth whatever like some kind of daily kind of calisthenics every day because i think that's just how your body should be moving you know um and i recently yeah i recently taught some some kids and i was talking about calisthenics and some older kickboxing students of mine i said about calisthenics and they freaked out because of that social media calisthenics we can't do calisthenics i was like guys we warm up with like 20 push-ups every every training session you even what do you think we do for the first half hour yeah but they you know it was kind of that that hyper specialization which i guess is one of the best and worst things about social media you get to see yes. these what's possible which motivates me but also some people it just totally paralyzes them. that is so true i talk about that all the time especially when it comes to steel mace because i'm sure you've seen what some of these steel mace people these enthusiasts these athletes what they could do with a mace uh their movement patterns Amazing. and how yeah they, they they just look so good and then the first thing somebody thinks is i can't do that exactly. and it's like no but you don't have to do that you could aspire to do that but look here's a basic thing you could do with a steel mace and uh have fun with it. And that could be the only exercise you ever do. And it'll be better than nothing. You know? So people got to exactly. realize that when they're looking on Instagram, like your, your picture of you, how ripped you are is because of all your hard work and training, you're a healthy specimen, of course. But if somebody sees your picture, they could be intimidated. Oh, I can never look like that. Well, you don't have to look like Chris, but you still need to move. And then just, you'll get, down your path the way you need to get down your path don't worry about the way chris did it but you could you could certainly train with chris and and he could show you all his little tricks and whatever and and maybe you could get there faster and that's what the whole point of hiring a coach is anyway so you could exactly yeah. achieve your goals faster but um yeah that that's the one thing people they can't get caught up in these in these awesome no, videos and, uh, exactly and i'm a, i'm a huge proponent in kind of uh like picking up like like the bruce lee philosophy right of like mm. picking up lots of different things from many different places and, and creating what's uniquely your own yeah so like my five principles that I, that's just kind of me saying like look, this is what i do and this is what i live by um it might be the same as you but it's probably not going to be you'd probably have something in there totally different to me you know there's yeah. certain things that might not jive with you or whatever and that's the point like it's like Go out and explore. Find those 20% moves that get you 80% of the way there with things like a mace. Don't go for like the cherry on the top stuff that everyone's doing that's nice and flashy and great. And they can only maintain for the 30 second Instagram reel anyway. <laughs> right? Or maybe they can't. You know, I'm mean, being super cynical, but I never did but, that before. <laughs> <laughs> much. I've done many a really, really like uh, I did a flag one time. Oh, yeah. Flag. Yeah. Man, I, I, that was for that was it looked great on the picture for the gram, the was, yeah, right. The video was pathetic, <laughs> <laughs> but you got Flopped that one on the floor. shot, right? That I mean, perfect shot, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but you still, so you still did it though, you still did it, you know. I okay. mean, there's people that will never be able to do that, so yeah, yeah, kudos sure. to you. But I think it's, it, I think what it is though is it's not getting hung up on those things. Right, not getting hung up on the flash, but actually finding those fundamental, those core things. So, like with a mace, I'm relatively new to the mace actually, but um, I've been doing kettlebells. I've been doing for years. I got my first kettlebell what, 15, 16 years ago. So when, was, when you're a total lunatic and not allowed to use them in gyms, <laughs> right? Which is what's happening with mace right now. But yes, exactly. Right, but so you transition. Well, didn't transition. You started. You incorporated the mace. Uh, but you had a, that familiar sense of something because of the kettlebells, right? So it was the easy yeah, transition? Sure. Not so easy. I kind of did that meathead thing of thought, 25 pounds? Yes. <laughs> right. That's right. So I had, to then, I had to then go and buy a 10 pound. Yeah. That's <laughs> so everybody's story. Water. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, like, it, it was fun because it sucked, man. It made me feel like a child. I was yeah. just like, what this is but you know i guess there's some people that would be like oh it's too hard but i i kind of i was like this is brilliant like this is just totally making me feel like pathetic yeah 
which I sort of get off on that in a weird kind of way. It then becomes like a personal challenge on, on like how can I oh, that's cool. at least you... get those, start using those principles, those main, those core ones. You know, I'm never going to be doing some of the spinny stuff with that thing, but I'm going to be like, I'm grinding out some, yeah. some, uh, some basics with it. So, so you, you uh, enjoy heavy swings and working your core and all that stuff, right? Yeah. And, and uh, yes, so kind of like the lunging uppercut stuff. Okay, yeah. What do you like about the, the lunge uppercut? Just like the, the it's like doing a martial arts pattern, mm -hmm. but in a, but it's actually doing something. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. like, uh, you know, like the old school kind of kata where you sort of just go through the motions and, you, I mean, you can make it work, don't get me wrong, but Right. But there comes a point at which it's you're going through the motions, right? And it's it's a movement practice, it's a warm up, it's repetition, whatever. It's not necessarily moving you forward in terms of your physicality. And then you add the mace into a mix with something like that, where you're having to really like have a really solid base. Yeah. You know, you have to have your know, center of balance has to be really. You know, you can't arch your back. You have to be, and then also you have to have like really solid uh, shoulder mobility and stuff. The technique has to be spot on. Yeah, it's beautiful. So then, doing it, doing like a mace uppercut and similar movements with a mace. If you did that as a martial arts practitioner, then it would backfeed into your empty hand movements. Then, because it would show, uh, like you said, so you got to have a solid base. So um, your your kata or whatever you're doing, empty handed, you might get away with having a weak base. Whereas the mace now shows you have a leak and says, hey, oh, yeah. your, your base isn't as strong as you think it is, bro. And then now you got to tighten that up. And now when you go back to your kata, it's better, right? That's it. Keeps you honest. Totally oh. keeps you honest. Yeah. yeah I love totally it, keeps you honest. It's, it's wicked. And, you know, I, I then go from, from that. So I, I did a couple this morning and then I went and did some kickboxing with my, with my six-year-old son today. Um, and when I'm hitting the bag, just that feeling of like digging in a shovel hook to the body, boom, boom, it's the exact same, everything coming from the truck. Yeah. So like so, if I try and arm move a mace, you know, like it's not, it's not, it beats me. It keeps me honest. Everything has to come from the core. Everything has to come from the truck. All right. So, so prior to you doing kickboxing, you're going to use the mace. That's generally what, how you train. You'll use the mace part of like no, the not, not always. Not always. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, not that prescribed. That was, just, okay. that was just today. But, do you, but um, do you notice that you're hitting, like if you use a mace, do you notice that when you go and hit the bag, you're hitting it differently, better? Does that? Well, since I've been. Yes, for sure. Since I've been since I've been using the mace, so it's not specifically like within a time frame of like I do it first, and it like it's not like it, it directly like primes my oh, okay. muscles or anything. Yeah. Although I'm sure it would, I'm sure it would. I've just not not done it that close together. I've done them as kind of separate workouts. Right. Um, it's more like just since I've been working with it, using those motions. Then when I'm going and hitting the bag. I mean, it, everything's coming from the core. That's awesome, man. It, I, I, that's, yeah, I love hearing that. I'm, you can see how, like, this is like I'm focused in on this because um, yeah, sure. I feel like the mace is, is definitely, you know, it's expanding, growing. More people are using it. And I really feel like the, the, the martial arts world really should be jumping on this mace 100%. modality. It, is it? Or am I missing? It looks like it's growing slowly in all all areas. But um, do you get a sense that more martial martial arts are starting to use the mace? Do you think it's growing? So, yeah. So I went. Uh, I bought mine from a, a mainstream shopping mall here in Singapore. Oh. In a mainstream sports shop that specializes in martial arts equipment, and it was there among it. So they have all different. Uh, yeah, they had weight. a bunch of different. They, yeah, they had a bunch of. Uh, they had three, three sizes of mace and um, some clubs. Some so they had the twenty-five, which is the first one you bought. But did they have a ten right there? 
Yeah, they did. They okay. did. And, and you checked out the 10, you were like, nah, this is No, I didn't. I ordered I ordered online oh, right. for the 25 right. and then went back and bought the 10, picked up okay. the 10 and went, yeah, that's a bit more like it. All right. I love that. That's everybody does that. It's it's unbelievable. I did it too. Um But I was like I was like, you know, this that, that becomes my nemesis then. That's like a little little beast I have a kind of uh, staring contest with as I leave the house because it's in my little front garden area and um yeah, and I've had to buy that smaller one in order to kind of like get the, get the technique down so that I can own that right. thing a bit, you know. Right. You can't yeah. you can't get the technique down with a like a twenty or twenty five. You're gonna you're gonna screw yourself up. You're gonna <laughs> do something wrong. But you but start. My, my kind of theory was like so. I I got a hydro core as well, which I uh, fucking love the hydro core. So yeah, good. I, I a guy I work with just ordered one. He sent me a picture. Um, and he said he's going to bring it to work. And I'm going to uh, be taking a seminar with uh, Maurizio, the guy who invented the hydro core. Sure, sure. He's coming to New Jersey. I'm going to be training with him. Um, that's really cool. And he was on the podcast. Uh, I heard. Yeah, I listened to yeah. the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting I, guy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he has a couple of other inventions going on. But um, then I was talking to a martial arts guy because I was wondering, well, I, I will get a hydro core, but I feel like I should first get a Bulgarian bag. And this martial arts guy said, listen, get the hydro core first because it's the lightest weight you're probably going to need anyway, right? You, everybody does the same thing with the Bulgarian bag. They get like a 45-pound bag, and then they realize, uh-oh, I, I went too heavy. You want to get like a 25-pound. And um, he said the, hand, the rope handles are way better to get your technique down because the bulgarian bag you're like almost like pinching those wrapped yeah. up ends right there which um makes it just harder the learning curve so so would you agree to that as the hydrocore being a good you know initial yeah i think so i think so also what i found was so i do um bjj as well right so what i did was i took some sleeve grips and i put them on the handles i replaced the handles because you can with the hydro core you can replace the ball grip things so i replaced them with the like sleeves of a gi so that i'm working very specific grip patterns while doing the spins and things so it's kind of it's much more flexible not only in terms of weight but just in terms of and then there's little, little ball things as well i have attached to chin-up bars so you can do, do chin-ups with the or ball grips which just oh, hellish. so the ball grips come off of the bag Yes, and then you exactly. Could, you can repurpose them for other things around the gym. Yeah. So, so for example, yeah, like if you, there's something you're working with, for example, so I've seen people as well, they take a towel, yeah. like a small towel, and they fold it through, and then they tape it so that it's like a, a pole feel or it's like a, a, a gi grip feel of a, the sleeves of a jiu-jitsu gi or something. So, yeah, you can – it's totally interchangeable, you know. Yeah. Um, and much more so than a Bulgarian bag, yeah, I think. I like the Bulgarian bags as well, don't get me wrong, but yeah, they, they are limiting. Yeah. And now, so you got your Bulgarian bag, your, your Kajakor, you got your maces, you do your calisthenics, you do kickboxing and everything. What is like your average everyday, you know, typical workout? And how would you introduce a, a beginner to your training? So this is, this is one of the things that's probably some trainers are going to be like, I think I'm a total idiot, but this is why this is why I have my five principles. Because as long as I'm hitting those five principles, no two days look the same. Okay. So it's difficult to kind of say that. I, really, I mean, like I walk at some point during the day. I make sure I go for a walk, even if that's just a couple of kilometers. Um, I will always do some calisthenics. Normally, I'll do calisthenics, to be fair. I'll do them as part of teaching kickboxing. So I teach kickboxing at the school um, four times a week as an extracurricular. So in those four times a week, three or four times a week, I'll be there and I'll leave the session and train with everybody. And that will be some calisthenics as well. But then in addition to that, I then work with my clients. Um, so I've got a boxer I'm working with at the moment, and we've been doing a lot of sled pushing and pulling. Um, a lot of kettlebell work, um, a lot of battle rope work. Um, he's been doing a lot of box jumps to try and kind of build that core explosive um, elements. We've been lots of snatches and things with kettlebells to try and like build up that explosive power. Um, 
So yeah, but as far as like my own work, I'll allocate some time. So if I'm kickboxing, I'll do some kickboxing and then probably stay stick, stick around the gym and train afterwards. If I'm doing myself, like if I'm doing jujitsu, which I do once or twice a week, um, that will be my workout. And then I'll include some calisthenics when I'm doing some jujitsu as well. Um, but say it's a day where I've just taught a bit of kickboxing at school, um, or it's a Saturday or a Sunday where I've spent a day with the kids, I generally will put the kids to bed. And then between sort of like eight and nine, I'm just out in my little yard area. Right. And I don't know what I'm going to do until I step out there. Yeah. And I just see something and just go, I haven't moved anything heavy. So when you, do you know what I mean? I got kind of go through that mental checklist in my mind. Like I've done my walk. That will be a given. If I haven't done any calisthenics, then it will be a calisthenics workout. And I have some CrossFit stuff that I picked up over the years and like Murph, if I'm feeling like I just, you know, the Murph workout, you run a mile and then you run a oh. mile, you do a hundred. 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and run a mile. So if I'm feeling particularly adventurous at the weekend, I'll probably hit that. That's like a most common one I'll do. Wow, um, that's common for you. That's that's That says something. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do that once every other weekend. And then, and then kind of like I'll do other ones like um, some AMRAPs. So as many rounds as possible for like – 15, 20 minutes, and I'll just choose some calisthenics to go with it. Or like uh, yesterday, I just decided to do, I just did 100 kettlebell snatches and 100 parallel bar dips. That's it. Just 100 and 100, and that was your... Yeah. That's a lot. Done. Dips Dips are one of the most fantastic exercises out there. And uh, what, do, what do you like about kettlebell snatches, and how does that uh, translate over to your martial arts? Again, it's that kind of explosiveness is the one, but I think it's just it's just horrible. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the horrible yeah. in a beautiful in a beautiful way. Like, but yeah. I yeah. mean, it took me kind Suffering. of like the, the hundred took me sort of seven and a half minutes, and I was dying. Yeah, like I was just sucking wind and just like didn't know what to do with myself. And then I was like, right, now I'm gonna smash out the hundred dips and. Um, but that's kind of in, in addition to earlier going and, and doing a longer uh, walk, kind of a jog walk yeah. earlier as well. So it kind of all, all comes together. So there's that heavy thing there and some calisthenics. So the two, I basically just went the two things I've eaten okay today. I've been for my walk. The two things I haven't done, I haven't done calisthenics. I haven't moved anything heavy. So, right. First two things I laid my eyes on was some dip bars and the, uh, the kettlebell, the heavier kettlebell. So I was just like, right, let's go, man. So uh, that's that's terrific. So now, if, yeah. yeah but, so if, if you had a beginner come in and they wanted to train with you, it would be all that stuff, except it would be scaled to what they could handle. Yeah. So they're still going to exactly. be they're still going to be going through that grind and everything. But that's the that's the kind of grind that produces results. And it's finding the grind that jives with you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There's so some people can... where they, yeah. There's some people where the grind that jives with them is cycling, long distance cycling. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. There's some people where, like, I did a marathon and it was the worst thing. Like, I it just, I, it was one of those bucket list things I need to tick off was do a marathon. And yeah, man, it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. Just like that long distance grind of running, just totally not for me. But picking up unusual objects and having them humble me, that, that kind of gets my wheels turning. I know it's a really strange thing. Yeah, well, no, you, I, you know, I mean, you pick, you pick up yeah. that mason, you're like, man, this this thing is not heavy enough to own me like it's owning me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I just love it. Like, you know, more so than more so than the traditional powerlifting and bodybuilding stuff, which is what I gravitated towards for a long time. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's the, the calisthenics for me is just that's kind of like a very much a habit, and and but it excites me to just like pick up some heavy stuff. And, and sometimes it'll be like, like earlier I was, yeah, I was just doing a bit of the steel maze stuff, played around with a club, which is a new toy, just kind of feeling my way around and doing some casts with the yeah. Yeah, awesome, steel, aren't steel club. Great yeah, shoulder just, again, exercise. Yeah, exactly. A tiny little thing really. And I was yeah. just like, Jesus, this is awesome. But kind of that um, more like, the, I guess the greasing the groove, kind of element a lot of the time you know it'll be like i might just do go, go out and do some like say just 100 or might just go and do 50 
Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have like a, a written down plan. Right. I you, just, to those you just got things. good, yeah. good, uh, solid workouts, ideas, and then you just That's apply it. them where they're needed. And you're more intu intuitive, if you will. But I think so, yeah. And, yeah. and what I coach is that. What I coach is, is actually, I'm not going to come and do it for you. I'm not going to give you something that's going to be another to-do list. Yeah. Like, let's rebrand the term work here and actually have it like you, you want to seek out work. You want to be designing and creating your own work and your own, own ways of kicking your own ass, right. basically, rather, rather than like, here's a prescribed thing that you need to do, which is added to your already massive to-do list in life which just becomes another chore and then when life happens rather than it being a sanctuary for you and a tool that you use to help you be more productive or get things done or feel better about yourself it goes off the list mm. and then you wake up five years later and you're like oh yeah that gym membership's still running you know and you you haven't you haven't done anything about it yeah yeah right yeah. just paying a gym membership yeah Right. So it's that empowerment. And I, I think with the unusual objects, like the functional fitness movement and where you've got these funky kind of weight distributions where you're always learning something new, I feel like there's, that's going to hold people's attention a lot more. And I see that, I see yeah. that happening already with the mace. I, I saw it happen with the kettlebells. A yeah. bit. But I think the mace ha has a, a I don't know, like a there's a cooler element to it. Yeah, it sure is. In many ways, you know, it's kind of yeah. like has a, a weapon type feel to it, like right. a barbarian feel. And as much as we like to pretend that we're all evolved past past that, I think we're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we like to romanticize things too. And yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, I've I've and coached play. Yeah, it's play exactly. Yeah, it's 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 definitely play. And I've had a lot of coaches say that, you know look they look at their fitness as, as this play and and i try to do that too i i think that's uh, a good mindset to have now your last principle is have a skill right have some type of skill yeah. a skill practice rule number five is have a skill practice what is yeah what is that is that fighting is that that's being? anything that keeps you that's anything that keeps your brain moving okay and keeps you interested and interesting as a person so, so this if, is where kind of the teacher in me comes out and yeah. i'm like it's that beginner's mindset so in, in zen buddhism they have a term shoshin which is beginner's mind right and uh, in jiu-jitsu they say like white belt belt mentality so that idea of like you're constantly learning something new and i i think there's something to be said for that like the excitement of wanting to learn and try something new and actually that might also have crossover with the others but i'll, talk, I'll kind of talk about how that that works in a bit but the, the idea of just like i'm not good at this mm -hmm. is something that more adults need more often yeah and teachers are the worst teachers are the worst absolutely terrible learners like because we're used to being the font of all knowledge, you know, the, the fountain right. of knowledge in our classroom, we have our skill set, we have our knowledge base or whatever. So then when you like trying to make change in schools, for example, it can be an absolute nightmare because there's that kind of stuck in a, there's that, that safety feeling of the known, you know? And I think when you throw yourself into things that you're totally terrible at because you're a beginner, it reminds you that, yeah, you're going to be terrible and you have no right to think you should be anything other than terrible if you've never done it before. You know, like, don't be surprised when you can't do something that you don't do. Yeah. So then it just reminds you like, oh, so actually this requires effort and work and... And humility. Humility. And, and yeah. for me, that's kind of, that's a martial arts practice. So that, that's why I think I've studied so many different martial arts. So I've recently started doing a bit of Kyokushin karate, just because it's different. And the mm. kata and everything that goes along with that is not something, because my background's like in, in more modern martial arts that don't have the kata practice. And all throughout my years of training, I've never had a kata practice. So 
I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this and see how it goes. I'm absolutely terrible at it. And like the sparring I can do and then the and the fitness and all that kind of element. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then when it comes to kind of the, the patterns and stuff, it is, it's out of my element, out of my comfort zone. And that's kind of, that's good for me. I think that's really good for me. Um, and there's some other things as well. And like I've started doing rope flow. Okay. I started playing around with, playing around with the rope. And not for any reason other than I thought that looks really hard and I'm going to be terrible at it. So like, nice. I want to not be terrible at it. So it just reminds me that like working hard isn't just about physically grinding. It can be just about repetition, just putting in reps. Right. You know, and I think with the, with the mace, you must see that a lot, right? Where it's kind of that you need to get that skill base down with the lighter club. But yeah, it might not be shedding the pounds on you and building muscle mass yet. But this is a skill that's going to be transferable and, and help the coordination, basic movement patterns, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's good stuff. That's that's great. Now, do you offer uh, Zoom classes at all? Can people train with you online? Yeah, can train can train with me online. So just DM me on on the socials and I'll, on Instagram is basically my main platform. I'm on TikTok a bit, but uh, yeah, Instagram's Instagram's the one for me. Okay, so, so if anybody uh, anybody anywhere in the world who wants to train with you, they could do that. But if they're in Singapore. They could train with you one on one. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. You, yes, and you offer a, a mixed thing between uh, martial arts and uh, general fitness, and and a combination of two, right? Like whatever a person needs or what they're looking for. Yeah, basically. So if if someone was to come to me and say, like, I just want to learn to kickbox, I can yeah, I can teach you how to kickbox or do Muay Thai, yeah, um, or even box, but um yeah and as far as fitness i can i can design a plan so my my sort of number one client at the moment is uh he's preparing for his fight and he just said to me hey look you do some strength and conditioning for me and like this is my goals and this is the weight class i want to be in and this is an area i want to work on so we'll work through it with him um but i i think what where i would be most useful and where i am most useful and i've had most success is more that kind of uh coaching around a, a, that holistic kind of approach yeah so it's coaching around creating uh and, and those rules and principles for yourself and whether that means showing you showing you some basic martial arts skills in order to apply that or showing you some basic kettlebell movements in order to apply that that's fine or, or steering you in the right direction of yeah. things you can do that might stack three or four of your elements together so you can hit them in a one you know um then that's kind of how my coaching style is. So also through my work in schools, I've got, I've got background in, in cognitive coaching and grow coaching as well. So it's kind of that overall lifestyle approach rather than just like a... Right. That's huge. Especially... Yeah, that's... that's that, I mean, you know, people will put barriers in front of themselves. They don't even know they're doing it. And then their coach comes in and says, uh, you know, you're doing this and you should be doing this. And that you just you have this person that's on your team, but they're looking at you objectively. They're not involving their emotions. They're not involving what they like into it. They're just saying, hey, this person is uh, going down this path and we need to kind of steer them this way. And as long as you listen to your coach, you should, you should be all right. So that's, that's fantastic stuff. So, Chris, uh, best way to get in touch with you then would be to DM – you through your instagram handle just working hard right all right uh everybody that's chris leverton he's in singapore um check out his instagram he's got some good videos up there you can see more of what he does how he trains uh you can check out some pictures of his delicious looking chicken hearts and mangoes and um pretty soon you're gonna see a plate on my instagram and i'm gonna (laughs) tag you in it um yes please yeah i I gotta try i gotta find chicken hearts i'm I'm gonna go look around some today good man asian see if there's an asian supermarket nearby they'll probably have them in there because uh good idea all right i got one widely eaten over here all right excellent man all right thank you chris thank you everybody for listening and uh make sure you share and like the video here uh you know if you're listening on audio platform Uh, on iTunes, please write a review. 
And uh, Chris, anytime you want to come back on and share some more of your insight, you're more than welcome. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you, man. Thank you.